such great worship this morning. And uh, speaking that name of Jesus made me think of uh, a time where I was pastoring one of the churches I was leading. And uh, after the service, a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, um, man, we loved it here. We enjoyed, you know, the, the worship and, and the message. But she said, uh, just one question. Um, is it possible to talk about Jesus a little less? <laughs> I was like, I, I, what do you mean? She's like, well, there's so much, you know, positive things that you're saying and things you're speaking about and so many good things that we're learning. But, but do we always have to talk about Jesus so much? It was like, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because... Uh, Without Jesus, it's, you know, there's, there's good advice out there. There's great things we can learn, but it's in Jesus that we learn the truth. It's in Jesus that we have the foundation. It's in Jesus who we have our hope. And that's why we speak the name of Jesus in this place and wherever we are. And that's why we turn to his word today as well. Today we want to talk about, I want to talk about an unimaginable future. We're talking about unexpected Christmas, how Christmas can uh, sometimes throw us for a loop, or maybe we just get so caught up in the way things ought to be that we don't leave room for God to move and to do something else. And what we see in this first story is an unimaginable future. And I, uh, I don't know about you, but I love to think about the future. And I love things that try to speculate about what the future is going to be like. And I think that may have been birthed in me at an early age in the 1980s. One of my favorite shows to watch. Is anybody with me on this? It's the Jetsons. Oh, yeah. Remember the Jetsons? The Jetsons, actually, originally, the first episodes were, were created in 1962. They were later uh, kind of brought back in the 80s. But in 1962, they were imagining a future in 2062. And do you realize now we're closer to 2062 than when those were first created? Right? And it makes me think about the kind of future that, that we could have imagined. And I thought, this is going to be awesome. By the time we get you know, to where we are now, I thought for sure we'd be flying around in, in, in cars. That sounded like this. I'm going to throw you for a loop there. Yeah. That sort of sounded like when all of you pulled up this morning, right? Or like when you rang the doorbell in your house, it was something like this. I mean, doesn't that just make you feel good? It like takes, it's, like a, it's like a time warp. You step back to that time remembering. But they're thinking about the future. And, and uh, I don't know how many of us have a Rosie at home. Remember Rosie the robot? Right? Wouldn't it be great, right? Just, just cleaned everything, did everything, folded all the laundry, did all the food, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was great. Um, I think about, um, you know, our family has a vacation at the moon, though. Anyone going to the moon for vacation? We haven't done that yet. As a kid, one of my favorites for sure was Elroy flying around in his jetpack. Now, we have jetpacks, but they're not widely available yet, but that was one of my favorites. Now, there was people have imagined and tried to think about what the future could be and what it holds positively, negatively, uh, for, for as long as there's been the human race. And here are a couple things maybe that, that haven't quite panned out the way we thought. Remember that one? That was kind of a, that was kind of a bust, right? Uh, nothing freaked out. What about this one? Missile mail? Quite the opposite with the United States Postal Service. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not quite there. Uh, this would be a great way to get around, huh? The pneumatic tube, transporting, kind of like when you're at the bank and you send those little you know, those things out there. No, that didn't happen. Um, ooh, the food hydrator. Just boop, right there. Anything like that? No? And, uh, of course, my personal favorite, can you tell what that is? The hoverboard. The hoverboard from Back to the Future, that one would be a lot of fun to actually have it hovering, not just kind of being one of those, you know, um, yeah, with wheels bouncing around. So anyway, the, the future, and we think about this stuff, and we think about in the past, as we look throughout history, we see that things have not always happened and typically don't happen the way that we imagine. Who could have imagined the Roman Empire 500 years 
Who could have imagined the Roman Empire falling and collapsing? Who would have imagined that this, un, uh, this undiscovered, largely by the Western world um, country, would become the most powerful nation in the world? Would not have imagined that. You think about the Berlin Wall. You think about the wars and the world wars that happened and the wall going up. Who could have imagined that? Who could have imagined it coming down? So many different things in our history that we couldn't have even imagined. Where we are today and what's happening. And, and today you can get, you know, you can possess marijuana in Ohio. Who would have imagined that in the 1980s? A lot of different things happening and, and going on. We go, well, I can't imagine the future. And we just had a recent uh, experiment in this where we all learned that we don't know what the future holds. All we have to do is think back to 2000. Uh, 2020, right? 2020. Remember the beginning of 2020? Vision 2020. So many people had a vision for 2020 because it was like, you know, that play on words. We did a series here called Focus 2020 because this is going to be a great year and all the things that are going to happen and nobody knew. And we ended up in a big crisis and a world pandemic, right? I mean, it's just unbelievable what we went through and saw. We can't predict. We don't know what the future holds and yet we like to think we do. We like to think we're in control, but Look at your own life. How many of you are living your life exactly the way that you imagined years ago? Nope. I mean, how many of us would say, this is exactly how I pictured it. This is you're in the career you're in, the job you're in, the, the place you're working, the neighborhood you live in, your health, your finances. Is that how you imagined it? Ten years ago, I would have never even thought that my family would be here in Columbus and that this would be home and this would be our church and we'd be pastoring here for the years. That was not on our plan. That was not on our radar. And yet, Life moves in ways that we can't always foresee, and we have a future that really is unimaginable. And so when we think about that, how do we, how do we approach our future? And I want to talk about that today, unimaginable future. Now, we're in the series called Unexpected Christmas because this idea of Christmas is that if there's any time of the year where we have a lot of expectations, I think it's around Christmas. The traditions the things that we've done for years, the what we experience at church in our homes. We have all these expectations of what it should be. And I think most of the time it just doesn't seem to quite measure up because we always idealize the past. Nostalgia is a powerful force that, that makes us think the past was always like just things were just so or just perfect or remembering it just in that way. And that's beautiful. We should hold on to that. But when we try to recreate it in the present, sometimes it doesn't live up to what we hoped for. But beyond just Christmas, life is that way that we have to hold on to the unexpected that comes our way. And, and the reality is we have to learn how to react to the unexpected. How do we deal with that? Because most of life is unexpected. Like when somebody says, oh, it was an accident. It was, you know, we got into a car accident. It was so unexpected. Yeah, by nature, that's what an accident is. You didn't like plan to get into an accident. You don't plan to have the health issues that you might deal. Things that come our way typically are unexpected. So how do we deal with them? And in that first Christmas, when we look at that story, and, and what really caught me this year in preparation for, for Christmas season was time and time again, everything you see in that first Christmas was unexpected. You're reading through, and here's like this young couple, teenage couple, you know, wed to be married. They're going to be the parents of Jesus, right? A virgin birth here and then, and not in Jerusalem, but then happening in, in a small town like Bethlehem. There's wise men who will become the first, you know, heralds of the good news that, that the angels reveal themselves to a star in the sky, and all these things. You're going, this is, this is news we've never heard. God with us, born as a baby in a manger. Unexpected, unexpected, unexpected. And it changed the trajectory of the way that we live and the world that we're in and the future that we have. And so what can we learn from that first unexpected Christmas as we look at that and as we think about it? 
And a key thing that, that we're talking about is that with God, it's oftentimes, right, it's the most amazing story is the one that we never saw coming. Right? That, that, that when we put our lives, we trust and we step out in faith and we say, hey, God, I'm going to embrace this future you have for me. You can have an amazing story that comes your way and you never saw it coming. And that's the faith and the trust that we want to learn and that we want to walk in today. And so last week we began by looking a little closer at Mary's story about an unexpected interruptions. That's often how it happens. It feels like our life is interrupted and how do we handle that moment? Today we're going to look at things from Joseph's perspective. And as I said, we're going to look at what does it look like to approach an unimaginable future. So we're going to jump into Joseph's story right now. And we're going to look at that in uh, Matthew chapter 1. So if you're following along, we'll also have it on the screen here. Matthew chapter 1 begins this way, the birth of Jesus the Messiah. In verse 18, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. So uh, just context again, sets it up there. We've heard this, we know the story, but let's step into Joseph's shoes for a moment. He's engaged to be married. He's excited. He's looking forward to it. The very nature of getting engaged is you're thinking about the future. I'm making a promise to get married, that we're going to have this life together, and I'm sure he imagined life, what it was going to be like. And he's thinking about this relationship with Mary, that she is the one that he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. And so he commits himself to Mary, and he commits himself to stay sexually pure, to, to honor that. He was a righteous man that we read, and he was devout in his faith, and he was going to honor her in that way, and, and he pictured life together. And I wonder what he pictured. Would we have kids? Would we have one? Would we have two? Would we have many more? Maybe we'll wait a few years and just, you know, and, you know, just enjoy being married without kids for a while and, and see how that goes. But I hope maybe I have some sons and I'll teach them the carpentry trade and, and they'll learn how to do that. Or maybe they'll get educated and go to the big city in Jerusalem. I don't know. Maybe we'll take some vacations if we get that chance. I don't know if they vacationed back then. Maybe they thought they could go to Cyprus or, you know, somewhere else. Maybe visit the ancient pyramids. Even for them, they've been around for a while and make their way there. What was the future going to look like? And he imagined this life together that they would share. And so here's this picture of the future. And then it says this, but before the marriage took place, it continues in verse 18, while she was still a virgin, Mary became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we read the story and we think, okay, that's how Jesus came. But put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment. Mary comes to him, Joseph, I've got some news for you. I'm pregnant. What? <laughs> How is that even possible? Who is he? How could you do this? How did this happen? This, is, this isn't, his world at this moment is spinning. Like this is, this does not make any sense. Oh, no, 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 Joseph, 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 Joseph. It, the power of the Holy Spirit that made me pregnant. And, um, and it's going to be a boy. <laughs> you wanted a boy? Good news. Uh, and his name's going to be Jesus. <laughs> Time out, Mary. <laughs> Joseph can't grab a gra grasp, but this is, this is not good news. <laughs> this is not exciting to him. Mary, how, how could you? Mary, what, what, I, don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> the, the, would you believe it? It's hard to believe him today. Even we have people, we, we struggle today to believe the story of Jesus' birth and that this is how it would come. And Joseph couldn't, couldn't get this news. You've you, you got to be kidding me. He knew the implications in that society of what that would m mean for them. We're going to be ousted, infidelity, and, 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 and you, know, pre, you know, sex outside of marriage. That, we could get 
ousted. We could get, you know, excommunicated from the society. Worse yet, we could get stoned, killed, death penalty for this. Do you realize what predicament you have put us in? In an instant, his future is being shattered. This is embarrassment for our whole family and, and others. What are we going to do? And his mind is spinning. Did you ever get some bad news that rocked your world? <laughs> I bet you can think of a moment in your life where all of a sudden somebody said something to you in person, a phone call, a letter. You read something, you heard something, and all of a sudden you knew from that moment your life was going to be different. Sometimes in very dramatic ways, sometimes in, in smaller ways as you look back, but I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Not what you expected that morning. I'm sorry, there's nothing else that we can do for her. We didn't hear a heartbeat. News, things that kind of hit us in a moment. Sometimes it says you're growing up, you didn't make the team. You didn't get that promotion. You didn't get into that school. You didn't get that scholarship. You didn't, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. I want a divorce. I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do. It's cancer. These words, different times, we get some bad news and Joseph hears this news. He goes, what am I supposed to do? His mind is spinning. Life now is gonna look different. He didn't know. What was he to do now? Verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. All right, we got to deal with this. This is the news. You're pregnant. Maybe what you say is true. Even if it is, it's still crazy. People aren't going to accept it. The, the society around us isn't going isn't gonna to just go, oh, yeah, that's what it is. No, we're in trouble. I'm going to, and Joseph's going, I got to figure it out. How many of you try to do that, right? We got to figure it out now. We got to take, the, take the, the, the bull by the horns, take the news that we have. Let's figure out a new path. How do we go from here? So, um, you know, I, Mary, I, I still love you, but it, we, we've got we've to end this relationship. And I want to do it in a way that's not going to disgrace you publicly. And so I'm going to try to honor you in that way, but it's over. We're going to have to part ways. And all of a sudden, Joseph's future, again, looks so different. How does he handle this? What do, you, what do we do with this news? This is the only option. And the future that he had seen, that he had believed in, that he had prayed for, that he had committed to, as he made that decision to propose to her, all of a sudden it was over. That future was not to be realized. Have you ever had to reimagine your future? Typically after you get that bad news, right? All of a sudden you scramble, your mind goes into high gear. Sometimes it's shock, sometimes it's disbelief. You don't even know what's going on. Your head is spinning. But maybe you come to a point and say, all right, uh, we got to figure it out. We got to do what's next. We got to take things into our own hands. What are we going to do with this? And you're asking questions and you're wondering how to approach what to do next. One of the days that really rocked our world, I've shared with you, with the, uh, shared it with you before, but when, you know, hearing the news that the words that I heard that still ring was, we've lost confidence in you. Lack of confidence means your job, it's over. You're done. Pack your bags, clean out the office. And all of a sudden, the future that we had imagined. And I remember that sick feeling, that weird feeling of like, what do we do now? 
I mean, I had plans. We had things. I mean, you looked at my calendar, and there were dates. I had meetings that very next week, things I was supposed to do, trips I was supposed to go to, appointments I had, people I was supposed to meet with. And it was a weird sensation going even literally into my calendar and going delete, 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 all the way for the next year and beyond. And all of a sudden, the calendar was wide open. And at one level, that was really kind of nice. Not going to lie, that was kind of a nice part. But what it represented was... I don't know. And we live in this illusion that we know what the future holds. We think we know, and by, you know, thank God that there is some uh, semblance of rhythm and predictability in our lives that, yes, barring major changes, we, you know, hopefully we'll meet again here next Sunday, but who knows what can happen between now and next Sunday, right? We think we know, we have it in our calendar, but we know how quickly when death comes and something happens, we drop everything, and all of a sudden the work and the project that, that we couldn't, you know, that we had to work on, but now we can drop it and fly somewhere for a funeral. All of a sudden we realize life is not as predictable and, and things happen and we can adapt. Joseph is trying to figure out what do we do. Maybe you've been figuring out, trying to figure out right now, how do I handle this new news and this situation, what is unexpected in my life? Right. So Joseph is trying to figure it out. He's trying to get to sleep. If you've been in that situation, you know it's hard to sleep. Your mind probably races and runs, but eventually he fell asleep. Or as he was going to sleep, it says in verse 20 here, it says, as he considered this, as he was considering his options and what to do, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the, his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So in this moment, right, Joseph is hearing this. He's seeing this in his dream, and I don't know how he's processing it, but it's, it's obvious to him that this wasn't just some kind of crazy dream, but this is really God speaking to him through an angel. And he's being, and the angel's helping him realize, look, Joseph, there's more going on than what you see, just as he did, the angel did for Mary. This is part of a bigger picture. This isn't just about you and Mary and your life together. There's, there's more about this. There's a bigger plan going on. There's a fulfillment of prophecy that's taking place. That this is not just, you know, good news for you once you understand what you've been asked to do, but it's good news for the whole world. There's more that's happening here, a plan to save people. This is God coming to be with us, Joseph. This is a big deal. And I'm choosing you to be the earthly father of the Son of God. You begin. How's that for an unexpected future? <laughs> not what Joseph expected, not what he anticipated. And so if you think about this and, and, and what it needs to happen and what he needs to do, there has to be some anxiety that would be happening, right? At this point, again, your mind is spinning. How do I go about this? What do I think? What do I do? And fear that probably set in. But the angel said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid. We hear that many times throughout Scripture. Because when the future is uncertain, which it always is, but when we realize just how uncertain it is, or we hit those moments where it becomes painfully clear, there's fear that sets in. Because we like control, we like predictability, we like to have things work their way out. And the angel says, don't be afraid. We fear that, and, and, and the calm that comes. We fear following God into an unknown. What's next? How do we walk into this unexpected, unimaginable future? We need courage. 
So Joseph is processing this. He's hearing this from the angel. And then it says this, verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph stepped into this future. It's like in this moment, he had a decision to make and he confidently stepped into it. He embraced it. He surrendered to it. He obediently stepped in and said, all right, Lord, I'm going to do this. And he did these very things. He took Mary to be his wife. He stayed pure in their relationship until Jesus was born. And yes, he didn't name him Joseph. He named him Jesus. He was obedient in these three very specific things. You know, when you think about Joseph, we hear a lot about him at this stage, right, at the birth of Jesus. And then we don't really hear much about Joseph. But what we see in this early stage is how he responded, how he acted in faith, how he embraced this role as the earthly father of Jesus, that that was going to come. And in the stage of preparation, he's caring for Mary. Then a census comes, right, and then they have to make their way to Bethlehem. And then he's, you know, we read about there's no room in the inn, and he makes a, and he, um, prepares a stable, you know, the manger and the stable for her. And, and you know, as I was looking at this, I came across, you know, this in- encounter that we don't read about in the Bible, but Jesus, uh, Joseph encounters the, uh, the innkeeper, right? Remember he said there's no room for them at the end. And, Jesus, and Joseph said to the innkeeper, he's like, come on, hand my wife's pregnant. And the innkeeper said like, it's not my fault. And Joseph said, well, it isn't mine either. Um, sorry, I had, to, I had to get that in there somehow. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he, was a, he cared for her. And even in that moment where, again, it was unexpected, that's not how you want to bring a baby into this world, and yet he provided for her and created the space in this place. But even throughout their early years, we read a couple more times in these early chapters that Joseph listened to God's Spirit through the angel to guide him into different places, and he was obedient, and he was a man who listened in his spirit, listen to what God told them to take their family to Egypt, to flee what was happening. We read about that. Then listen to, again, when it was time to come back. They raised them in the, the faith. He brought them up, and they, we read a story about them taking the, the Jesus to um, a festival in Jerusalem, a religious festival, and that's where we read about Jesus being in the temple. Ooh. Scene change. Um <laughs> And so we don't know, again, a lot more about Joseph, but he instilled this faith into him. And, and when we hear this story, I hope even today you're hearing it a little different because we read it and it's like, oh, Joseph heard like, oh, she, your wife's pregnant and, and the son of God is like, oh, it's so sweet. And we see the nativity and we have, you know, Joseph standing there and Mary and the baby. And we don't sometimes understand the emotion and what went into that. I, I wanted you to have a different perspective, and I think this video maybe will help you think about it maybe in a more modern-day way, how Joseph may have responded. Take a look. Now, just being rich. I, I don't want to hear it, right? Just forget it. Oh. Do we want to try to restart that, or...? See if, if not, we don't have to use it, but we'll give it another shot. And by the way, it's uh, British English, so you'll have to listen. I'm just saying that. I, I don't want to hear it, right? Just no. <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. It's not. I'm just saying that. I, I don't want to hear it, right? Just forget it. Oh. Well, Joseph is mad, so you can get that. You can. 
Oh, no. How could this happen? I'm just... I'm just speechless. But we were getting married, I thought God was with us. Every time she speaks, I guess she was from my bone. I feel so betrayed, I feel so alone. I don't believe it, I just... I just can't. Because if it means what I think it does, she's broken my heart. And she won't, she won't stop with the half-truths and the lies. Of course she's played away from home. Either that or she's torn away the pies. I can't believe she did this. She's got barely three months gone and, and what's more, she's got the nerve to say I've got it all wrong. <laughs> wrong? Oh, hang on, so you're talking about the opposite of right? You've got a baby bump shown through your clothes and now we're too tight. How can you do this? We made a vow not to go there till the wedding night. It breaks my heart. She left me for another guy, but what makes it worse is her obsession to lie. I don't want your excuses. It's still the same. At least give me the decency of admitting you're a cheat. She tells a story. Listen, Joe, an angel appeared. Is she taking a mick or just being weird? Joe, I'm with child, a boy, a son. Do you know there's an heir to David's throne? She says. Well, he's the one. So, so you're giving birth to God's chosen son. This bun in your oven, then, he's the one, as in the one who will reign for all the time. <laughs> Mary, have you had too much wine? Look, just, just say it there, all right? You made your bed, so lie in it. Oh, hang on, you already did, and there was someone else there with you in it. And that's why it stormed off and made my exit. Why did she do this? I don't need this grief. I don't want a divorce, but it's the only cause left for me. Huh? The wedding's off. She's out in effect. You don't believe me, the proof's right there. But although it's fair, I won't make it public. I won't cause a scene. Then later that night, I had this dream. An angel turned up, said, Mary's record's clean. Don't cancel the wedding, don't freak out. It was through God's Holy Spirit this miracle came about. So the story checks out. <laughs> After all this time, now I know she will cheat because God's given me the sign. And the heart skips a beat. I can't take this in. The angel says call him Jesus because he'll save people from their sin. I asked the angel in my vision, what's my role, what's my mission? The angel said, I'm glad you asked. Marry Mary, that's a task. So then I woke up and did what he said. And a bit later on, Mary and I went. Some months later, Jesus arrived. There were wise men with gifts and shepherds at his side. I was dad on earth and, and he was my boy and, and God was his father, but he also brought joy. And when I remember his humble birth, the penny drops of why he came to this earth. I don't believe it, I just, I just can't. Because if it means what I think it does, he's God incarnate. The embodiment of God in skin and bone, my stepson will live amongst us, so we'll never be alone. And here's a point I need to tell. Jesus' name is also Emmanuel. That's good news you can trust, because his name means God is with us.
A little bit of a different take, isn't it? But I think it just captures some of the emotion, some of the confusion, some of how maybe Joseph reacted. Maybe he reacted different. We don't really know. We read what we have in Scripture. But I think if we put ourselves in places where we receive some unexpected news, where our life changes direction, or we're wrestling with, with, with what we're hearing, this was really a step of faith for Joseph. And this is where I want to lean into here just as we begin to close out our, our time together is how do we respond in faith to Jesus? How do we respond in faith to when God speaks and, and, and tries to bring something new into our lives? And, and with faith itself, the first thing we see here in Joseph is Joseph wrestled with his faith. And it's okay to wrestle with your faith. I like that it wasn't instantly like Joseph heard from Mary, like, okay, I guess that's what it is. No, he wrestled with what he heard and trying to understand that. And I think in our faith, and we look at maybe you're new to faith, maybe you're exploring faith, maybe you're thinking, what does it mean to follow Jesus? I don't know if I can believe the virgin birth, that this was really Jesus, that this was really God's son, that he broke into this world. Like that just does not, you know, compute with my logical brain. It doesn't seem to, you know, be able to fit with science and whatnot. And I have struggles with what the Bible teaches. We wrestle with faith. We have doubts. We have struggles. Is it true? Joseph was the first one who had to wrestle with, is this true? Him and Mary, that God is with us, that he is coming in this way. And we, are, we have the same challenge. As I share this news, as we read the scripture, do we believe it? And Joseph wrestled with this faith. He couldn't imagine the future that was going to be there if, if he was going to follow Jesus in this way. It seemed impossible. Joseph wrestled with his faith, but you know what we saw in Joseph? He stepped into faith. He wrestled with it, but there came a point where he stepped into it. And some of us are just stuck in the wrestling stage for a long, long time and maybe can never get past that point. If we don't get past that point, how different would the story have been for Joseph? How different is your life when we step into it and we say, you know, I'm going to step into faith. There is a level of overcoming our doubt and stepping into belief and saying, I believe it. Yes, I hold on to that truth. I will claim this. Jesus, you are the son of God. You are God with us. You have come to save us. You are my God. And we step into that faith and God is still calling us. Jesus is still saying to us, come follow me. That's the call that has gone out since the time of the disciples where Jesus is calling us to, to come follow him. And you have to get past your doubts and at some point to say, yes, I believe it. I step into it. I receive, God, what you have for me. And, and Joseph couldn't have imagined again what his future was going to look like. And when we follow Jesus, and maybe the decision to follow him will change the trajectory of your life in a huge way. Maybe it means changing of relationships. It changes your future. It changes how you view the world and interact with people and the things you think and the truth that you hold on to. It is a huge step. That's why we talk about a step of faith, that we step into that and watch the transformation that happened. And, and Joseph said yes, just like Mary said yes, and they stepped into that. But the other thing Joseph did is he took the journey with Jesus. It wasn't just the first time, like, okay, I'm going to take the step of faith and I'm done. It meant a commitment. It meant a lifetime commitment. It meant him raising Jesus, but being in relationship with Jesus, growing in that relationship. And so it is with us that this is a journey that we go on with Jesus, that the unimaginable future unfolds as we take those steps of faith. That when we commit and we say, all right, Lord, here is my life. I commit. I say yes. I step into that. I believe you are the son of God. And then we take that journey. And just as Joseph made a home for Jesus, we make a home for him as well. We say, okay, Lord, in my life, I will walk that path now. 
and you begin to see look how life begins to unfold. And I think we always like to think about what are the events, what are the things that are going to happen, the things we're going to do. But I think it's more about walking into our future in a different way with Jesus. That it's not just about what is exactly going to happen. I think we still don't always know. Sometimes God gives us a picture. He gives us a vision. He gives us a direction, and we pursue that. But it's more about how we enter the future. That we enter the future, that we enter the unknown, that we enter the unimaginable in a, in a different, uh, from a different foundation than we have without faith. When Jesus enters our world, an unimaginable future awaits us. I want to tell you a couple things here that we can imagine. You live with, with freedom and forgiveness. So no matter what comes, you can approach your future now with freedom and forgiveness because of what Jesus says. Romans 8 says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You have been forgiven and you have been set free. No matter how you enter the future, no matter what comes your way, you're forgiven and free. That's a whole different way to live, my friends, than, than to live with shame and guilt and wondering, is there a God? Am I under condemnation? What happens after I die? How, where is my future? Where is my foundation? It rests in knowing you are forgiven and you are free. You are free to dream. Well-known verse, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We begin to step into the future that God has prepared for us, where we say, okay, God, show me, guide me, direct me. What have you prepared for me? What have you planned for me? And we step into that future, and while we can't perceive it yet, we go with God knowing that he has a plan that he has prepared for us. And we step in with courage. We have freedom, forgiveness, the ability to dream, and with courage and with boldness to say, I embrace this future. I don't know what it holds. I don't know what's next. I don't know what I do after this diagnosis, after this news, after this predicament that I'm in, this challenge, but I go with courage. You know what the most popular verse of 2023 was on the Bible app? If what somebody posted online was correct. <laughs> this was the most downloaded, shared verse on the Bible app that is widely spread, and it was Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I think it's downloaded so much and it's highlighted so much and it's shared so much because we get discouraged and we need to know God is with us. Do not be afraid. Go with courage. Go into the unknown. And those of us who understand and have the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit, living in us, can step forward in courage and say, God, whatever comes my way, I go forward forgiven and free, free to dream, and I go forward with courage because you are with me no matter what comes. God, I hold on to that. The fourth is this, you have the promise of eternity in heaven. <laughs> when we think about the unimaginable future, right? It's not just this world, but it's an eternity that's promised to us. It's life in all eternity. We think about the future. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, this is such a powerful verse. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Sounds like an unimaginable kind of future. Like we think whatever we think is best, we can't even imagine what God has for us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Will you allow God to write a beautiful story with your life? Say, God, I don't know how it's going to unfold. I don't have all the answers. Maybe like Joseph, you're still struggling with doubt and faith and trying to understand it all. 
Maybe you feel God stirring something in your spirit. It's not an angel that's appearing to you, but you're listening to a message. You're reading the Bible. You're talking to somebody. You're in worship, and you feel like God's moving in you and saying, this is a moment to step into faith. And you say, God, here is my life. I will surrender. I will go where you lead. And though I can't imagine it, though I don't know where this goes, I go with you, God with us. And we see in Joseph just this obedience. We see this surrender. Man, to think that here we are, a couple thousand years later, we're talking about Joseph's obedience. I don't think he could have imagined. But because of what he did and the faithfulness that he and Mary displayed in taking on this role, there's a new future for all of us. And we can't even imagine what God has for us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has in store for those, prepared for those who love him. What does God have in store for you? We don't know. We don't know yet. We can't even imagine it. We don't know what this next year holds, but we can go with the confidence that God is with us. Can you go with that confidence? Have you made that commitment, that surrender to God? Say, I step into it. I receive it in faith. If not, I encourage you today. Why not step out of your doubt and step into faith and saying, God, I go with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about that first Christmas and how crazy it must have felt for Mary and for Joseph, and yet, God, you knew exactly what you were doing, the, the story that you were writing. Thank you for the faith that we see demonstrated in Mary and Joseph and a reminder to us, God, of what it looks like when we receive you in faith. Father, I don't know what so many in this room, what struggles, what challenges, what difficult news that they may have received this year or in this month, or God, that we may be stepping into going forward, but God, we go with you. And Father, we take hold and we take promise of this word, God, that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, no mind can imagine, God, what you have prepared for those of us who love you. May we surrender our life to you. May we live in that hope and in that beauty and in that expectation that Christmas reminds us of, God. There is a bright hope and a bright future for us. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship.